welcome to the Summit Church Podcast. We hope today, as you listen to this week's content, that you grow in your faith and in your relationship with God. Connect more with us by going to ardmoresummit.church and remember to love God, love people, and love life. Mark chapter number one, starting with verse number 35, says this. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he, being Jesus, he departed and went out out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him, and they found him and said to him, Everyone is looking for you. Verse 38. And he said to them, Let us go on to the next towns, that that I may preach there also, for that is what I came, that is why I came out. And he went out throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. Verse 40. And a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Verse 41. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. Verse 42. And immediately... The leprosy left him, and he was made clean. Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once. And he said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. Verse 45. But he, being the leper, he went out and began to talk freely about it, and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places, and people were coming to him from every quarter. This is God's word. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for what you've done so far in this service. I pray that you'd anoint me just to bring to light the principles and the insights and the application that you would have us uh, to apply to our lives here and now. Lord, may we leave this place full of the understanding of who you are and what you're able to do. We love you, Lord. Amen. When I was a youth pastor, uh, we would go to camps in the summer. Summers in Oklahoma are hot. Amen. And we would go, and of course, this was about the time when Axe body spray became a deal. Remember that? Like every 12 to 14-year-old had like all the different, almost said flavors, uh, scents. Please no. Uh, but they would have Axe body spray. And I noticed we get there on Monday, about Wednesday night. We've been playing basketball. We've been getting in the lake. We've been jumping in mud, throwing dirt at each other like guys do, you know. And about Wednesday night, I'm like looking at these guys like, uh, hey, guys, you, you know, um, have you showered yet? And they're like, this is like, bro. <laughs> of course, this is every, I'm going to encapsulate every 13-year-old guy into one person. Bro. We don't need to shower. We've got Axe body spray. And, it, and I would walk into their room, and it would be like a fog, like a thick fog you've got to fight your way through, full of just Axe body spray. And I'm like, they're like, seriously, we don't need to shower. Uh, we just got the, ba- the, the body spray. And I'm like, guys, Axe body spray does not make you clean. You've got to get in there, and you've got to scrub, and you've got to do this. So I made all the guys, like, get out of their church clothes, get in there and shower. And that's what makes you clean, right? And, I'm, and it's, it's a funny illustration because if you've ever had 13-year-old boys, you know that's true. But, um, and it's interesting because my little kids, even today, like uh, th- this week, 
like I'm like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna about to eat dinner. I need you to go get washed up. And like they're like, okay, okay, Dad. They turn, they come back like six seconds later. I'm like, you know, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but uh doesn't seem like very long. I'm like, did you use soap? And they're like, they do this. Ugh. Ugh. I'm like, it's, it's not an inconvenience to put soap on your hands. It just takes a few seconds longer. I'm like, that doesn't, just putting your hands underwater towel doesn't make you clean. You've got to have soap. You've got to have something to make you clean. This is a story about a man who is unclean, understanding I can't make myself clean. I can't mask it. I can't try to avoid it. I am knowingly unclean. And the story is about Jesus healing this man who is unclean. But the text actually begins in verse 35, if you look at it with me. It begins with Jesus waking up. If you recall, last week he heals a man who is demon-possessed, and he heals Simon's mother-in-law with the fever. And then the whole town, it says, waits till sundown, shows up at his house while he's trying to, to just relax for a little while. They show up at his house, and he's healing people left and right. Jesus is all about, he's filled with compassion for the crowds. So he's healing people, and so you can imagine that he's a little bit tired. And by the way, it's not an oxymoron to say Jesus is fully God and he gets tired. He, remember, he's fully human. He gets so tired, sometimes he falls asleep in a boat, which is proof that you need to go get a boat so you can take a nap on it, right? But uh, no, but he, gets, he, he wakes up early in the morning. I love that little phrase, while it was still dark. While it was still dark, Jesus gets away. If you remember last week, I pointed out Jesus loves being with people, but he also needs his time to just get away and just solitary prayer. So before we get to the part where we talk about him healing the, the unclean man, let's look just a little bit, if you look, get your outlines, let's look a little bit about this solitary prayer of Jesus and, and what this means for his inner life. Because as much as he has compassion, and we know the story, he's about to heal this man, Jesus is a man who prepares for moments like this in the right way. So get your outlines if you go to that next slide. First of all is this, solitary prayer. Early equals no distractions. Why did he get up early? No distractions. I think the most effective times for us to prayer and to just to have intimacy with God when there's no distractions. I don't know what your work schedule is like. You may be on a swing shift. You may say early for me is like 10 o'clock at night because of my schedule. But the, the point is, whatever your schedule, whatever your rhythm, whatever your routine looks like, embrace the times where there are no distractions because that is the best time to enter into solitary prayer. It could be five minutes, could be could be 30 minutes, whatever, but early equals no distractions. I'm finding this out. The older I get, I thought it would be easier to eliminate distractions. And what I'm finding is actually harder. My phone, computer, kids, stuff, news, whatever. And I'm realizing this. I need, whether it's early, late, whatever, I need to just eliminate distractions so that I can have solitary prayer. Number two is this. Write this down. Uh, prayed up means prepared. Jesus is always able to do things, but, but you'll notice something that he's always a man who's prepared. 
He's prepared. In other words, when something presents itself to him, he's always prayed up. Now, prayed up just simply means this. Before I need something, I'm going to go ahead in advance and be prayed up. Uh, it, it's kind of like having a, a billfold and say, I know I'm going to go to Target and I'm going to spend way too much money. I better make sure I've got a billfold full of cash, right? Guys are like, please don't say the T word in front of my wife. <laughs> whatever the situation is, whatever the analogy is you want to use, I need to be prayed up. Jesus teaches this, this principle, prayer comes before the miracle. Prayer comes before the miracle. In my own growth, in my own walk with the Lord, I need to make sure that I'm prayed up. By the way, there's nothing wrong with that moment of like, something's happened and I just need to pray. God accepts that prayer. You better believe it. But there's a different kind of commitment that, hey, even before something presents itself, I'm going to be prepared. I'm going to be prayed up. And then, and then the third thing is this in his solitary prayer is this, intentional. Intentions equal impact. Your intentions matter. Your solitary time with God matters. And that's why he, sa he says this to uh, Simon, which, by the way, I just love that about Jesus. Everybody's looking for him. This is the Son of God who comes to take away the sins of the world. And they're like, have you seen him? Bro, I, I thought you had him. <laughs> I don't know where he is. There's no cell phone. There's no GPS. The only thing that these disciples are doing is like, we have to go find this guy because everybody's looking for him. And he's just wandering around. And he says, all right, this is why I have come. This is why I have come. The intentions equal the impact. Well, let's look at the next slide, if you would. Go to that next point. First of all, starting with verse number 40, this is what happens. After that, a leper came to him. This is the isolated man. doesn't mention his name, does it? And it just simply says... A leper. That's his identity. He's isolated. Understand that, that in, in the Bible, the, the identity of this man is that he is isolated. If you had leprosy in those days, you could not be around other people. You were forced to be part of a, a colony or, 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 or to, to be able to be back far away from everybody else, and that's where you were. Follow me on this this morning. His place was not with the disciples. His place in society was not to be around a rabbi. His place was to be far off. And his whole identity was wrapped up in this. He was unclean. He needed to be isolated. And the reason for that is obvious. Isolation prevented the spread of this. Now, in our day and age, we don't really have to deal uh, too much with leprosy unless you uh, eat armadillos. Um, I just know a bunch of heads looked at somebody, but that's okay. Uh, but <laughs> Sorry for that. <laughs> we don't really have to deal with this, but in the Bible, leprosy meant the actual what we would call leprosy, but it also was included any skin disease. So you'll, you'll find this oftentimes what the Bible will call blindness, uh, literally meant they couldn't see, but it's also referred to just general eye problems. And so when they talk about leprosy in the Bible, there's many different forms or kinds of skin issues um, that would be defined as leprosy. In fact, if you have your Bibles, let's open up to Leviticus with me. Open up to the left to Leviticus with me, chapter number 13. 
So you, the Bible begins with Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. So open to book number three of the Pentateuch. And let's look at chapter number 13. And this is what it says, Leviticus 13, verse 45. It says this. These are the, these are the Levitical ceremonial rules that God has given the children of Israel after Exodus and saying, this is how you are to live. Follow these rules if you want to live. And this is what it says in verse number 45. The leprous person who has a disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head hang loose, and he shall cover his upper lip and cry out, unclean, unclean. He shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. Listen to this. He shall live alone. Alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. This man is isolated. I don't know if you've ever felt alone or isolated. You didn't fit in. This man, physically, emotionally, even spiritually is isolated. Can you imagine any time you saw another human being, you had to just cry out, don't get near me. Wow. What a, what a horrible existence that would be. Unclean. That's what people will look at you and say. Unclean. Unclean. Leprosy. By the way, there's p different people in Scripture that have leprosy. You remember the story of Naaman? Naaman has leprosy. He's the commander of the guards. Naaman was a bad dude. He led the armies, and yet he got leprosy. He goes to the prophet, and the prophet says, dip in the Jordan seven times. And he's like, what? And so he dips, and he comes up clean. By the way, Jesus heals other people of leprosy. There's a, there's a, a small group, a colony of ten lepers that actually he heals, not even touching them, but from a distance just says, hey, y'all are clean, go. Tell the priest. And then one of them actually comes back. But these people are isolated. We know from, from uh, outside the Bible, uh, looking at information during that time, and I'm, I'm sharing with you the backdrop for this because I wanted to hit hard, that people would actually, if, if lepers got too close, they would throw rocks at them. Get back. Get to where you belong. You don't belong in here. And they would throw rocks at them, and they would, they would tell them to, to, to get away. And even though they were... They had their group there, but it was, a, it was a prison. They were isolated. And this is what happens next. Number two, write this down. There is an improper encounter. Improper encounter. In other words, it wasn't supposed to happen, but this guy breaks the rules, doesn't he? No doubt, according to what we talked about last week, the, the reason he knows this, by the way, I don't have a cell phone or a watch up here so y'all are just praying to the grace of God that I get done on time so did they thank you for that I appreciate that five minutes more anybody five minutes more okay there we go I'm gonna go longer than that I was just asking but uh the, the improper encounter he wasn't supposed to touch others because here's here's why even even a touch from someone with leprosy meant bad news for you <laughs> because now your life is different. Your ceremonial law, all of that stuff is now different for you. And so this man comes and he has a conversation with Jesus. And I love that he says this. He says, Jesus, if you will, if you will, touch him, Lord, if you will, 
you can make me clean. Here's the point I want to focus on right here. Um, Jesus attracts people that are not interested in following the traditional norm. And as we go through the next three or four chapters, almost every story is somebody breaking a little bit to be able to say, if I can just get to him, he's going to make everything right. By the way, the, the application is hard for us because as far as I know, nobody here has leprosy. But I do want you to focus on this. This man got desperate enough to say, I'm going to get to Jesus. Sometimes it takes something serious in our life to where we get serious enough and say, I'm already an outcast. I'm already on the fringe. I'm already suffering. What have I got to lose? He's my only hope. He's my only hope. By the way, there's probably nobody else around or very few, which is why he said, tell nobody. Tell nobody about this. Odds are that there was not a big group. This man just comes to him and says, I've heard about you, and if you will, make me clean. Which leads to number three, the impact of Jesus. Quite literally, he impacted this man. Not only did this man violate a little bit of the, the norms by getting close to a rabbi, but this man, Jesus himself, said, I'll break the norms too. And he puts his hand on him, touches him. And when he touches him, the Bible says he became clean. He touches him. Everybody else saw the problem. Jesus saw the person. That's one thing that if we're going to understand Jesus as a healer, we have to understand everybody can fixate on a problem. Jesus sees the person. Everybody else is seeing the outside. By the way, leprosy is a skin issue. It's outside. You can still live for a long time with it. That's why there were whole colonies of people like this. And Jesus looked beyond the outside. He saw the inside. And I love that little phrase. He was filled with pity, compassion. By the way, pity today is really an unfortunate word. It means kind of like reluctant compassion. Jesus wasn't reluctant in his compassion. He was glad to say, I want to help you. I want to help you. And he touched him. By the way, this is one of the reasons why, if you notice when we pray, just a little sidebar, we will lay hands on somebody. There's, there's no magic. I'm not a wizard that I know of. <laughs> I've, but when I lay hands on somebody, what I'm doing is I'm signifying, just as Jesus did, I am with you. I am connecting myself with you. That's why we do that. And I know that people outside of a Assemblies of God background can think it's a little odd. That's okay. If you don't want us to do that, I'm not going to force myself on you. But it is to say this, when I pray, I want to lay hands on you and say, Jesus, just as you did this. And by the way, Jesus can heal by simply saying the word, but if he has an option, he wants to get close enough to say, let me touch you. Let me touch you. Isn't that awesome? Sorry, Cliff, you didn't know what I was doing, but I appreciate you, brother. He has compassion. Oh, to be touched by Jesus. Someday, I'm going to feel his hand on my shoulder. What a, I'll probably pass out. <laughs> probably be a long line of people just passed out from him touching. One day, I'll shake his hand. One day, I'll embrace him, hug him. I just, I can't, I just feel like he's got a firm hug. Although I haven't 
physically touched him. I've been touched by Jesus. He's, he's, he's done stuff for me that I can't explain any other way because he's close and he has compassion. And there's one thing that I want you to get today. We cannot make ourselves clean. But if Jesus touches us, he can make the pronouncement, you're clean. You're clean. Lastly is this. This is the most interesting part of the whole story. The instruction. <laughs> the instruction. Uh, let's, let's look at it. Immediately the, the leprosy left. And then Jesus sternly got up in his grill and said, don't tell anybody. And like a seven-year-old, the guy says, yes, sir. He goes, you haven't been able to talk to people. You haven't been able to hug anybody. You haven't been able to, maybe this guy had friends and family, and maybe he says, I got to go, I want to go show my friends I'm healed. Jesus says, no, no, don't do that. Don't do that. He sternly says, first, you need to go see the priest. First, you need to go see the priest. <laughs> but the man ignores him. And by the way, I've read some commentaries the last week or so about this, and some people see this as comical. Other people see this as more serious. Because after all, it explains, that's why Jesus had problems just getting around, because now everybody knows about it. As we discussed last week, there's times when Jesus kind of wants to be a little bit like, guys, it's not the right time for me to do everything. Even Jesus in his few years in ministry here on earth understood there's a time for everything. But, but, but I personally, I just find this comical. He says, don't tell anybody, go. And the guy's like already thinking in his mind, I'm going to go tell my brother. I'm going to go tell this person. I'm going to go run over here. I'm going to go hug those people. And, and, and the guy just can't help himself, can he? But the instructions to go to the priest, nonetheless, were intended for him to obey. That's why I, I can imagine Jesus, you know, lines of people coming up and him saying, hey, how, how'd you hear about me? It was this leper guy. I used to know him crying out from a distance, unclean, don't come near. And then I saw him walking towards me, and it freaked me out. I started running from him. He started running towards me. I said, stop chasing me. And Jesus said, yeah, I remember that guy. I, I, I told him not to do that, sorry. Um, but that's not scripture, by the way. It's my imagination. Here's the point. Here's the point. When we talk about the healer, Jesus has a plan for every person he touches. Time and time again in Scripture, you'll see him do something for somebody, and then he'll say, now, go and sin no more. Now, go and do this. Now, do this. When we call Jesus a healer, you understand that he doesn't just heal and say, good luck, hope it works out for you, that's it's all I can do for you. No, he heals and says, now, now the real work for you begins. Do you see Jesus' heart? He has compassion for people. He wants to help people. But after he helps them, then he says, okay, now pause. That, 
I'm, I'm so glad I did that for you, but now go and do this. Jesus has a plan. In other words, for Jesus, the healing isn't the end, it's the beginning. Let's, let's bring this home, uh, John, if you'd come. I'm praying for God to heal. I'm believing for God to do things in my life on a weekly basis. I pray for, for miracles, for, for, for breakthroughs to happen. I believe in those things. But here's one thing I want to get at. There's times that Jesus does things for people, and they go and do their own thing. He, he heals ten lepers at one point. One of them follows him. One. And in fact, he looks at the one and says, where's your buddies? Did I, did I not heal nine others? What, where are they at? How great would it be if God did the very thing that I'm praying for today? I want my son to run out of that room healed. I want family members healed. But I can tell you this, if it doesn't drive me closer to Jesus, then I've missed the point. This man was made clean. And he, the, what he says to do is this, now go to the priest. Because the priest is going to do a sacrifice. The priest is going to do some things. And while you're there, everything's going to be done according to God's plan. You're going to be reincorporated into the system. What is Jesus doing here? He's saying this, I am the high priest. I'm the high priest here. And there was a sacrifice to be made. If you look in Leviticus of a lamb. It was a sacrifice to be made of a lamb. Jesus saying, this touch for me for your body, that's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. Next week, we're going to look at a story. When Jesus heals somebody, he does so much more than just heal their body. Aren't you thankful for that? Amen. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Summit Church Podcast. We hope today you enjoyed the content and what God was speaking to you today. Again, we'd love to connect with you more by going to ardmoresummit.church. Join us Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. in Ardmore, Oklahoma at 1725 North Commerce Street. Take care and be blessed.